One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Before, before we get going, by the way, uh, tell me about the last film that you saw. Last film that I saw. Last film that I saw. Last film that I saw. I saw The Lion King last. Jesus. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> actually, let's, let, let's save The Lion King talk for the actual show. Because uh, we should follow up on that. What was the last film I saw? I haven't seen a film in a while now, have I? No, 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 no. I saw uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Shoy. It's fucking amazing. Shoy. Still haven't seen it. Shoy. For fuck's sake, Craig. I know. Fuck it, there's no rush. Don't worry me. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanready, and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 184 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Craig, what up, dude? How are you? Not bad. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a bit. You don't sound great. Worn down. This Indian summer, after last week of like the promise of winter, it's too hot again. Well, okay. How about I cheer you up with some special guests? Okay, please do. Making their podcast return for the entire episode. It's Tebby Rex. That's right. The full Whoa. thing. We're here for the whole episode because we nearly switch. did that the last time. See a little switch. Peep this though, right? Are we the only uh, returning guests? No, no. But you're <laughs> for the full show. Our favorite returning guest. Hey. Maybe he's also yeah. a musical you act. Are, yes, Dahi would count. You he? don't know yet. Well, Dahi's not here. Dahi's not Does, here. Is Dahi on this? <laughs> Dolly isn't here. Shouts Dolly to him. can't be on a podcast because he's very busy with a new album. He's on you know when people have album. new albums, new they albums. can't they be on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, I should say, of course, we have Max. What's up? What's up? You doing? Ooh. We have Matt. Hello, Kickerwillship. And as of this podcast coming out, we have a debut album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's out. But fuck all that noise. Dolly, make me a beat. You know, give me some. Make it. Yeah. 
Back to the album. Back right. to the album. It's called The Young Will Eat the Old. Great yeah, title. Man. It's out it now. What's up, what's up, it's out. You guys had a listening party last weekend. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? You didn't show up. so you I didn't show up, no. <laughs> I was invited. <laughs> I was I was otherwise engaged. I wasn't invited, so... Yo, you you didn't <laughs> extend Craig's invite? You didn't pass that on to him? This was never said to oh, me, Craig. Damn, oh, Dave. I thought it was you an exclusive her. thing. <laughs> you were a big fucking lie. How did it go? Darn it. It went well. It was man. a bunch of fun. It, it was, was so really much fun. Cool. It was stressful on the day trying to pull stuff together, but it just it I was really fun. Weren't going to show like the first thirty minutes. I don't know why I get that feeling because it's like people have literally paid money to go see us, and this is like a free party. I'm yeah. like, it's like seven o'clock, and like only ten people are there. I'm like, no one's gonna come. I'm like, shut it's up. It's like Buffy. a birthday or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Like trying to arrange a birthday party. Someone came in and I like I was like, oh hey, how are you? And I gave her a hug, and she was like, what's your name? And I was like, Matt. And she's like, oh cool. Nice. And one of the guys that she was with was like, that's, that, that's his, <laughs> his night. And she was like, <laughs> it's oh my God. <laughs> it's Matt's big night. I was like, yeah, you I'm, I'm the white guy. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you don't, you're not, I don't know how you ended up here. This is invite only. <laughs> <laughs> that could be, like, it's his night. He's just got out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's his birthday. Uh, Craig, you couldn't go on because you were Stephen Malkmus. That's very true. That was yeah. a good gig. I enjoyed that. It was weird. Our listening party would have been better, probably. <laughs> I don't know. He's the crown prince of indie rock. Um, so we're not going to, we've interviewed you on the show before. We're not going to do that again. You are here as our co-host. But yeah. I guess we should talk briefly about the album. Obviously, you guys have been talking about it for a while. There's a lot of yeah, hype yeah, about it. Yeah. It's out now. People have been very excited about it. Getting a lot of love on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where we find our most of our love is on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the really stupid question, but the one that I can think is probably valid to ask is how does it feel? Because it's a big fucking deal, right? Like, it's. it's. I honestly think it's the sweetest feeling ever. That, like, I was thinking about the other day. I think my manager at work said to me, because he's really into his music. He was in a band before when he was younger, and he was just like, you have an album to your name now. No matter yeah. what ever happens, you have an album done to your name. And that's very impressive. Don't forget that. And I was like, yeah, I love it. That's it, that's, man. That's, that's so sweet. That's all it is, really. I think at a certain point, we said, let's enjoy the process and whatever it does, like how it does. Like, there's a lot of hype. People love it. People hate it. It don't matter. This was really fun to do. This has been yeah. like one of the most fun experiences of my life. That's it, G. That's all you can kind of hope and ask for, really. Yeah, the creative process was actually, it, we knew it was going to be fun. Like, obviously, we're musicians. We love creating music. But yeah. this, it was it was fantastic. And watching it slowly, slowly come together, the, like, in this way that just, it like it's like a puzzle that put itself together it was like this is really satisfying this is going really really well um, so yeah we, it was really good it's yeah good it's cool I've heard it it's got really kind of cool three act structure with spoken word kind of book ending things yeah. as well you got Natalia Flaherty in there word 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 yeah yeah and it's nation's really, gem yeah it's great it, it's, it's, it's very well constructed I hope people enjoy it I hope everyone at midnight uh, uh, before this podcast drops is listening to it and getting those streams up guys get that Spotify money yeah. you know? oh, like, oh those there's, peas there's <laughs> no money in Spotify gotta buy so much chocolate with that <laughs> there's no Good money in no hate to Spotify overlords what's up thank you for the the playlist. big question Spotify though is uh, since you got were last here did you end up watching the Lion King remake that you were so of course I fucking did vehement bro. against yo the fuck I look like man people trying to just grab money out of my pocket I think like. you were vindicated ah, people, yeah. like, people had a bad reaction to the movie I think, I think you were validated I've been saying it was dumb you know what was worse I said it was dumb I don't know if I don't know if this during the last time I said it was dumb on Twitter right Yeah. and someone subtweeted me <laughs> and you know what they said they're like Look, that's because you hate animals. Doesn't mean you can just make fun of this film. <laughs> they're like, like linking <laughs> so many tweets there because, like, you've said some things about some animals sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, just because no, you no, hate no, the no, circle no. of life. I mean, <laughs> she, she's just going off that. Like, I I must have hated the Lion King. So I'm bitter. And I hate animals. I don't want. I don't like movies about animals. I'm like. They're fucking lions. <laughs> like, they're not even. You know, it's, it's stupid. Everyone's agreed with me, and it still made dumb amounts of money. And it shows you. It mm. shows you, man. Anything popular. Do you want to clarify if you hate animals or not? No, listen. I just don't love animals like unconditionally. You know what I'm saying like, there there are two people who have conditional love in my life, and that's like my ma and like my fucking like my little brother. That's it. 
Oh, that's unconditional love. Like, what my, about your he, bags? He's got an older brother and like sisters. <laughs> <laughs> no, fam, you have to earn. You have to earn your shit. And the problem with animals, the assumption with animals is that like they don't have to earn their shit. Like we meet. Sorry, you see, like, they're lazy. Put, we yeah. put animals to work or like. <laughs> no, come say what's up. Like build my trust first. Don't come licking me. Like who are you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like my mate's dog, Gizmo. Love her dog. Super polite until he got to know me, and now we buzz. Now we hugging and chilling. But the first like week or so, it's like, what's up? Dap him up. How you doing? Kept that distance. Built that respect. But our manager's dog, you hate it. Hate. Hate it. You sound like a cat person. Hate that creature. No, f- cats think they're better than you, but fuck cats, man. <laughs> I only waste you only wasting my cats because like I love because cats are kind of like uh, very attractive at women. I like to say because I don't I don't give animals attention, right? So yeah. cats love me, man. Yeah. The cats that used to be like me, like mm, all this kind of shit. So when I'm like they're chilling, the cats like, no, 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 what's up? What's you? And he like follows me around. And it's like uh, cats are obsessed with me, so I don't give them no attention. Yeah. And they're like. What's going on? Why isn't this working? They, they have like a pheromone thing that makes you like, kind of like, isn't that a thing? Cats have like a pheromone thing that makes you like kind of love them? I don't know about that. What? I think, I think, really? I think, on, on God, on God. That's the thing. That was review of The Lion King from 2019. <laughs> yeah. Craig, uh, real quick in the news, because we'll, we'll keep these things upbeat. Uh, there was yet another musical death, unfortunately. Yeah, we don't want to turn the podcast into like the debt notices, I guess. Well, we should mention. We should, most definitely. Uh, Rick Ocasek sadly passed away um, at the age of 75, which I was surprised by. Um, I didn't realize he kind of started his musical career in the 60s um, because he obviously came to fame in the late 70s as part of the Cars, who were really like a hugely fundamental part of the New Wave movement. Um, they had massive hits. It's one of those bands where like the first album was so perfect that people were like, oh, this could essentially be their greatest hits, particularly that fr- fast, like first trio of songs. Um, so yeah, the Cars were massive. Um, he also was a kind of big production name. He did... Um, Weezer's first two albums he certainly did the Blue album I don't, don't know about Pinkerton I'm not sure um, but he kind of yeah, had his hand in a lot of kind of quite famous sounds now that were removed from the cars um, and I guess the main takeaway from all the tributes pouring in was that he was like an absolute gentleman by all accounts kind of no airs or grace it's just a really normal straight up dude um, so yeah he'll be missed well I mean like obviously like it's just life isn't it but you mentioned the circle of life yeah. and it turns out Craig that death is not in fact necessarily the end of your touring commitments because the Whitney Houston hologram is go. Yeah, it's uh, disgusting. Hologram disgusting. Hologram shows. Particularly with Whitney Houston just because I feel like during her life she was so abused and kind of used and just had such a torrid time that to now see her like kind of perfected form being paraded around is absolutely gross, isn't kind of it? Thing, yeah, yeah, I don't know. No. It's really fucked up. The it's horrible, yeah. yeah. Like, it's very like, morbid to me. Here's a question because we're putting it on the, uh, like label whatever is it like the, the family give that go ahead or is it like outside of their uh, I think the I guess it's the estate yeah no have, I don't know who yeah. the estate consists of yeah. at this point and you, you know we've talked recently about um Kurt Cobain's diary stuff being used as fashion merch um, and that was given Whoa. the okay by his daughter so I don't know. Yeah, she, there's, needs, she needs the peas, man. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. that, then again, it's like at the end of the day, if like his daughter is like that's cool with it. What's what position who, 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 do you have who, who to see? Who the fuck yeah, are yeah. we? You're right. yeah. Like my thing is like once again, I think it's fucking weird. I can go buy the merch, but if that's his family, they're cool with it. They're cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all about different standards and stuff. Because then you're like, I, you know, what? I absolutely hate. It. It's the equivalent of let's say my friend, like, like let's say like uh, let let's say for some reason my friend's like. Like his, his girlfriend did something wrong or whatever, and then my friend forgives his girlfriend, and it's like 
I know I hate her. I'm like, no, you forgive her, I forgive her, bro. It's not my fucking yeah. business, you know? Mm. So like, But then you have me. instances where, like, Prince, his estate was taken over by his family, uh, but he was so kind of famously private and, you know, guarding his musical rights and stuff, and now they've just opened up Paisley Park to, like, it's just basically like a museum and they're releasing stuff constantly. So family don't always know best, I guess. You just have to hope you've the they, right kind they, of family. They don't, but I don't know if random niggas on the internet know best either. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Let me ask this, right? Uh, it's not going to happen, <laughs> but if... Let's say in the next two days or whatever, wow. Tebby Rex are struck perished in a, in a painless, a painless, what a way to go out. Freak so accident. Just released the album. I'm so scared of dying. <laughs> I, don't I, the I don't know why I put a 48 yeah. hour, uh, yeah. like, wow. time limit Yo, on that. Is this because I compared hot women to cats? Is it? You're punishing me now? <laughs> yes, I'm cancelling I take you. it back. I... <laughs> Cancelling your hot, existence. Hot people <laughs> are like cats, I guess. The reason I asked the question, and it's not going to happen, the reason I asked no. the question is, would you want to be, would you want to live on as holograms? Uh, uh, like, we've had this agreement before. If one of us dies, cash in. Cash in. Okay. Yeah. Cash in. Yeah. That's so valid cool. question. But, but valid I question. cash in as holograms. Like, like if both of us die, nah, let me die. Yeah. Also, it's worth pointing out that the most disgusting thing about this is it's not proper holograms, right? It's just slight kind of projections. It's basically a screen that's just a bit pushed forward. It's not a true hologram. Oh, really? It's not like it's not a constructed image that has kind of dimensions. It's just a kind of trickery about this, Craig. It is. It is because people are. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is because people have been excited about real holograms for a long time, and this is just messing with me. Fucking Doc Brown over here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Which people are like? Like, when are we gonna get these fucking holograms, man? Like, <laughs> where are my flying cars? Where are my holograms? Exactly. Okay. Uh, one thing that we do have, Craig, are which you know, like, never got a style. Our lists yeah, and the, the arguments car- that come out of them thereof. The Guardian are on a kick this week, where they're doing best of the 21st century. They've done films, they've done video games, they've done TV shows, and of course, they've done albums, top 100, so to speak. This thing is put together by like a committee. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do committees know best? Let's um, find out. Let's, uh, yeah. We're not gonna read out all 100. We'll start with number one, will we? Well, I go. Well, I go. 20 to 1? Like all oh, 20? Yeah, sure, okay. That seems okay, like fine. a lot, but go ahead. Well, yeah. we don't need to talk about each one, but all I'll right. give you the top 20 yeah. albums of the 21st century according to The Guardian. If anyone has anything passionate to say about any album or a one-liner, jump in. Hmm. At number 20, Arcade Fire and Funeral. Yep. Number wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wait. You're picking up those notes? We don't have the list. The list is not on the, oh, the paper. Right, yeah, sorry. Craig Arca- has cardboard paper this Yo, week. Arcade yeah. Fire, I don't know those niggas. Who cares? Next. Okay, 19. PJ Harvey, Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea. 2000, so technically not 21st century. Yeah. A okay. lot of albums were from 2000 this yeah. list as well. Number 18, and you're wearing his t-shirt today, Kanye West, Yeezus. Wait, 2000 is the 21st century. No, because it starts in 2001. Technically, because you have the year one AD rather than zero. I'm sorry, it's it's semantics. You're right, you're right. (laughs) It is considered. Uh, I'm just being a dope. Yeah, facts. Yeah. In work, uh, recently we had this kind of thing where we were doing our top three Kanye. I got in a lot of trouble for mine. What's, I, what's yours? What's yours? Number one, 808s. Number two, <laughs> Yeezus. Number three, Pablo. Of course, your number one's 808. Where the Dave. hell is my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Six, probably. I don't know. Like, no, I'm kidding. But oh. it's not number one. Everyone's obsessed with the album. It's not number one. I'm sorry, guys. You're all uh, wrong. You're Yeezus. insane. Graduation does not feature in this hundred top 100 at all. It's bizarre. Number 17 in this list, Outcast Stankonia, yes. also 2000. 2000 but Radiohead great. Kid A at number 16, also 2000. 2000 but great. Robin, Body Talk, 15. Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City at 14. Yeah. D'Angelo. Also had Dam at like 47 or something. <laughs> yeah. D'Angelo, Dam's Voodoo at 13. Frank Ocean, Channel Orange at 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Radiohead in Rainbows at number 11. Brilliant. And now the top 10 guys. Frank mm-hmm. Ocean, Blonde at number 10. Nice. See, here's I, the problem. I like it. Yes. Here's the problem. <laughs> say recency bias? Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, Blonde's dope. I don't know if it's better than Channel Orange. I don't think it is better than Channel Orange. 
That's a very controversial statement, but I think people would agree. I, think I it's, wouldn't. I think it's a better artistic statement. Okay, so it's, it's more it's, daring, it's, it's and I think it's saying more. But I, f- I feel like I feel like genre is fucking amazing. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I, I feel like okay. So here's the thing. Here's the, here's the, here's a problem. I guess it's a dom versus a t-pop conversation, right? Yeah. Because uh, one is a more I feel like polished piece of art, and one is saying more with the Means art. More, okay. Yeah, and then it's like. What do you weigh more than in terms of like... Well, yeah, we've talked before in the podcast about To Pimp a Butterfly feels like a really important statement. Yeah. But I listen to Dam a lot. Way I more. don't go back to To Pimp a Butterfly nearly at all. You know, bar a few tracks. So yeah. You know, you know what? It's like that... Uh, what's that film, Requiem of a Dream? It's like, I never watch it, but it's the kind of film that people are like, <laughs> dope. I'm not going to watch this film again. Yeah, <laughs> Ever yeah, yeah. again. I was shown that film in religion class at the age of like 15. Hold on, wait. All of it? <laughs> yes. I was, okay. showing, I, was showing the, I was showing the kite run and I'm like why are we watching this <laughs> Requiem for Dream guys haven't seen it in school all of it all of it you know what what's, what's you know Requiem what? for a Dream what is this you're giving me weird it, eyes it's, <laughs> it's just a film about like these drug dealer, these drug users and like their lives is very grim and stuff but listen I would love if like it's the, a very uh, sentimental <laughs> way of describing Requiem for Yo, a Dream what, the, he's, he's not wrong he's like, he's like they're not real I'm not like you know what I'm saying but I say what though it goes places that you, movie you, yeah. listen here's, here's a great Into film places. Uh, <laughs> Irish uh, Dublin old school right you know why Dublin old school walks the line between saying hey here's why drugs can be bad and here's why drug problems bad and also this shit's really fucking lit and that's honest like that's why I liked about film because I never show it where it's just like, yeah, I did a couple of pills and it's real dope. Like where's that, <laughs> where's that PSA? And I am in this K hole and it's magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I had a really fun. I, I had a really fun time writing someone on coke. I, I, what do you want me to say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not me. This is me speaking. No, no I'm gonna cut character. out that line. I'm gonna. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've ne- I've never, Coming soon. <laughs> I've never done coke in my life. Don't even do that, bro. But like, number like, nine on yeah. the list. Continue, <laughs> <laughs> continue. Imagine <laughs> him on coke. <laughs> <laughs> number nine on the Guardian list of top 100 albums of the 21st century is Beyonce's self-titled album. I would agree that it's better than Lemonade. It shouldn't be that high. Wait, wait, actually, here's a question. Yeah, is this list? Important or better? Because I feel like I feel like parts of the list. I'm like, okay, it's about important albums. It's the Guardian, so it's what's the wordier? I guess it's yeah. important and cultural. It's the Guardian, yeah. so like it, it, it's it's got reach and it's got uh, then, prestige. Then, I then you gotta give that to Lemonade. Then mm. Lemonade if, 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 punch, if, yeah. if you're talking about like because Lemonade meant something at the time, like it mm. like shook the internet. It mm. did. He's right. Number eight. Arctic Monkeys debut album. Whenever people say I am, that's what I'm not. Their best album, right? No, you think so? No, oh. I think their latest is their best. Oh, really? Yeah, Tranquility Base, Hotel and Casino is amazing. We don't agree about anything. I, I love this. I love that we're all like ah, we but, all hate each other. But to the point about Beyonce, yeah, like in terms of importance and the kind of statement it made, and yeah, its impact. Yes, definitely. Number seven, The Streets, original pirate material. Yeah, it was great at the time. I haven't listened to it in a million years. A, that's, a, that's, a, that's someone's like a little weird niche choice. Like, I'm going to be different. People love the streets. The streets. I, I thought it was highly fact. influential as well, right? Yeah, uh, 2002. Kind of no, did not kind of kickstart a lot in terms of UK hip Okay, well, here's one that definitely was. Dizzy Rascal. Wait, wait, wait. Just keep, wait, sorry. <laughs> Spoiler, Dizzy Rascal <laughs> is next. You think it started a lot in terms of UK hip hop, that streets album? In terms of crossover from, you know, pirate stations, DIY stuff, the way he put it together in such a, you know, cheap kind of spendthrift way and, you know, the audience it had. It was a crossover moment in terms okay. of radio play and also probably in terms of wide artists so, in that realm as well. Ostensibly true, but then you can give the same kind of creditation to Vanilla Ice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, because like you're absolutely... Well, accurate. I've always said Mike Skinner is the Vanilla Ice. <laughs> 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 
this is the hill I die on. Because <laughs> then it, he does. He says it all the time. Yeah. Like, 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 I was edited off blog. Like, what are you talking about? Um, okay. Okay. Listen. I'm, you actually. You actually. In fairness, you are right about that. Okay. I wouldn't say in terms of like a influential, but in terms of impact, yeah. You yeah. Are right. right. Number six. Number six is Dizzy Rascal Boy into Corner. Influential yeah, and impact and a great record. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Number five, LCD Sound System Stand of Silver. Couple of great tracks on it. Overrated. <laughs> and number four, Kendrick Lamar to Pin Butterfly. We've just had that conversation. Yeah, fair, fair. Number three, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Should be number yeah, one. Yeah. Should boy. be number one. Should be it's number the one. best album of and the century. Here's why it should be number one, right? If we if we if we trace hip hop to be the biggest genre of music right now, yeah, I will attribute that to Kanye West. I would attribute like what opened the door for these bigger rappers like Drake. It's like at the end of the day, Jay Z did not open the door for Drake to exist. Kanye West did. Yeah. Right? The big rappers of today, bar the trap guys, you have to attribute that to Kanye West. You have to attribute in many ways Kendrick and J. Cole to Kanye West. Uh I know J. Cole wants to attribute it to like Nas, but like, come on, let's be real. Yeah. So, uh, should be number one. Yeah. Number not my favorite Kanye album though, let me just say. Which is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say so it has to be it has to be college dropout. Mm. I, it has to be it's equal between college dropout and Jesus, and that's why I honestly believe. I honestly feel like that. All right, number two, uh, my highlight of electric picking this year, the Strokes with "Is This It" has to be up there. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And number incredible. one, <laughs> Amy Winehouse, "Back to Black." From I don't understand how no. they're that, making yeah. a statement. Yeah, they want to say we're, we're, we have a we have a little thesis statement we're making, and this is it. I wonder who was on Number this committee one. because it feels like obviously you're going to have a UK bias. I think it's all the Guardian writers. Like Team Van Wyn, former guest of this show, for example, writes for the Guardian. He was uh, uh, yeah. I'd imagine oh, like I see that flex. What do you mean? He's going to drop that clout real quick. Friend of the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when Amy Winehouse was exploding, kind of as part of the Camden scene uh, around the middle of like the last decade. I'd say it was at a time when a lot of these people voting were kind of coming of age and like maybe entering the workplace and they've fond memories of being in London when something big was happening. So they feel like, oh, she was our kind of icon. So yeah, I can understand. However, let's go to the counterpoint. Max, what is the thesis statement The Guardian trying to make with that? I think Amy Winehouse is dope. That's the entire statement? I agree it. with that. That's it. That's that. I think they were like, they they had their obvious choices and they were they they had the obvious choices on near the number one spot. So I say, listen, let's make this palatable. But they knew they wanted a, they wanted something that would surprise you a little bit and have a point of discussion. I think that's what they do. With Amy Winehouse because like this is me speaking. I haven't heard this album, so I I might be just chatting shit, and that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a unique and unexpected choice, and they wanted us to say that. Yeah. It'll get clicked. Yeah, I felt it felt really sentimental. Like you, I haven't like I've listened to the I've heard that album before, but I don't listen to that album. I don't listen to a lot of the songs of the album. But I feel it felt like a sentimental choice by uh, the Guardian. Having honestly. been accused there of kind of dropping names for clout, I will now do just that nice. and say that I just interviewed Mark Ronson and I asked oh, him nice. about working on this record. And as a matter of fact, Craig, he was talking about that, but he was also talking about the list, talking about the Guardian, and he mentioned the name of Alexis Petretus a couple of times. Huge fan. Oh Mark, really? Mark Ronson is a big oh, fan yeah. of what he said uh, as good music writing. So there you go. Yeah, he's good. Uh, look out for the interview on Joe pretty soon, by the way. Nice. As for uh, things going on in the world of Blink One Eighty Two, let's have a listen to some Blink One Eighty Two. Tell me what was right All, all night long In their 
that was Aliens Exist, taken from Enema of the State, a record I would have bought when I was a teenager. And uh, yeah, one that holds up, I think, if you are still into that kind of thing. However, Craig, we've been talking a lot on this show. We've been kind of talking down. Yeah, this is Apology Corner. Um, We're sorry, Tom DeLong. The US Navy has officially stated that a number of videos made public by former Blink-182 singer Tom DeLonge's UF research organization show footage of real unknown objects violating American airspace. What? The US Navy actually were like, yeah, this is unknown. This is unidentified. This isn't a fake. And also, they shouldn't have been released. You want to hear a wild story, man? I think. Yes. I was, I was listening to a podcast where I said that basically... Whenever the U.S. government does that, um, it's to, to deflect, to deflect, yeah. to, to, to deflect new weapons that are testing. Apparently, as well, it's like, oh yeah, we all know what that is too. Ah, aliens or something, right? Ah. It's oh. like because they've done that before as well, where they've been like, yeah, that's unidentified, and we all know what that is. As if like, it wasn't spooked enough by the thoughts of aliens, it's uh, just like, oh no, it's actually giant. Weapons. Yeah, but th- there was recently <laughs> talk about, um, you know, the kind of storm area fifty one thing, where it was just like <laughs> okay. that, became this, that the U.S. <laughs> government actually orchestrated that. So that everyone would be talking about Area 51 and, oh, aliens exist in that conspiracy to cover up the whole Epstein story. No So way. this is like a conspiracy theory about conspiracy theories where so they the, use uh, conspiracy theories to deflect from real but, but conspiracies. But did that start before you know the mean? Epstein yeah. thing happened, though? Wasn't that like a little bit... Earlier? I think it was breaking over somewhere around the same time. But apparently, like, that's... You can go down this rabbit hole. Oh, we all know that 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah, of course, like, of yeah. Course. I, mean, I mean, like Building 7. Jeff Field doesn't melt we, steel beams. Um. But I'll tell you what, though, like, that Epstein thing is one of the few conspiracy theories where I'm like, I did kill that nigga, like, on God. Like, come on. Did like, you see the spacey thing yesterday? Like, spacey, spacey being, like, uh, someone that flew on the Epstein plane and blah, blah, blah. The, one of the guys that was accusing him of, you know, various things over the years has died <laughs> he was found dead it was just released that like, oh, yeah, the case being dropped he's been he's Against found Kevin dead Spacey. this is the second accuser that oh, has no, no, died listen, in listen, the last two years I don't think I don't think Spa- I don't think Spacey got power like that like for one he's good mates with the Clintons like I don't know the, he's like, literally Kaiser Sose but, but, <laughs> yeah. but like, for one because I feel like this, listen, I'm Frank Underwood the, 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 the Spacey thing is different because the Epstein thing right was gonna be like it's gonna bring a lot of motherfuckers down the Spacey thing is like with Spacey hey his career is over anyway. It doesn't matter if she dies or not, you're done. Like, it don't matter. But it if he matter. knows about other more powerful people, do you or know like, what I mean? If he's like, in that circle, he could go, well, listen, I'm, but, if but, I'm going down. But that was like a civil suit that you're saying. It's not like it was like the government was like, like it was a, it was her suing him. It's like, well, she's suing me. Therefore, here's what build it. It's like, I'll do nothing for your civil suit. Like, if it was a government, the government would trade names and be like, yo, life sentence if you give me your other niggas, bro. With civil suit, it don't matter. You can be like, yeah, build it. I'm like, yeah, you're still going to jail. I don't give a fuck. We'll arrest them too. You're going to jail. Like, yeah. with government, you can, like, trade names and bargain and be like, let me get less sense if I point out these motherfuckers. No, we're not with a personal suit like that. I reckon we could get Tom along on this podcast. I think we probably he would could. feel right yeah. at home. I can't believe we're being distracted from the real issue here, guys. Aliens. <laughs> 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 but I love the say, I love the phrasing. It's like, basically, all it's confirming is we saw something that we can't identify. That doesn't necessarily mean. A fucking alien. Yeah. Yeah, but as someone put on my glasses out, on, I can't identify a fucking lamppost. Yeah, you know? but someone points out they're usually quick to dispel that kind of stuff. Like, I, I very <laughs> much expected that when the US military addressed the videos, they would coincide with language we see on official documents that have now been released and would label them as, like, drones or balloons. The fact Yo, that they're not clearing it up. Balloons? Yo. It's Pennywise? <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing, though. Two, two things. Firstly, <laughs> for, for, most importantly... Why is it always the fucking U.S.? Like, look at look at look at U.S. arrogance. Oh, aliens go come to U.S. because they gotta. Yo, suck my dick. Yeah. Why ain't they Why ain't they in Kerry? It could be in Kerry. 
Let's take that. They never even go to like the interesting places in the US as well. So it's like a cornfield in like Idaho or something. But the thing is, it's interesting to some people. That's thing. The aliens everywhere is interesting. It's a different language, but most importantly, like really, really different, different world. Not language. Sorry, but most importantly, it's like aliens. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, I honestly, maybe I'm just like I'm so like care about things that you can that influence your life or matter. Like the whole flat Earth thing. If Earth is flat, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Moonlight's fake Who gives a fuck You're still gonna live And die the same way What does it mean to yeah. me bro I'm just trying to get my money I'd love it I think it'd be a bit spicy I think it'd be a bit interesting If aliens landed You know what I mean Yo, Like I don't think it bad, I don't think it'd be as bad As everyone thinks You know what I mean No no but things like If aliens have landed They made contact right That means that A they're working With some kind of government To keep that shit low key because yeah. like no way if if people are signing aliens the governments have caught one of these motherfuckers and I'm like yo let's talk I cannot believe that we've turned into the fucking Joe Rogan podcast I never thought this would happen uh, 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 real quick though and also a 9-11 tie-in Dan Aykroyd remember Dan Aykroyd yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah he's big into UFOs yeah. Dan Aykroyd once claimed that 9-11 uh, has caused aliens now to be like no not going there like, mm-hmm. because they can travel like intergalactically but they're scared of some planes yes okay. or basically it was just like he said He said the aliens saw that and said nah we're not for us we're not so gonna go there everything bad that happens to white people is deep but <laughs> 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 well, it's not deep like for real <laughs> you like I, I love because my new favorite thing is like looking at people being like 9-11 never forget and so many so many lies and then some Muslim person be like yeah when this happened the next day they killed my dad because he was wearing a turban by the way and people are like 9-11 never for this doesn't erase it bro <laughs> it's like not all the shit's happened in the last fucking 20 years 9-11 don't even reach top 10 in terms of like nasty shit you know what i'm saying yeah. like we got chemical warfare in fucking saudi arabia and shit that like fucking proper like like genocide human crises well, that's not to spook an alien yo yeah. but the aliens like yeah all that shit happened in nigeria bad but these white people died yeah. in america so why are they flying over america all the time yo, it, was, yeah. it was all over the news you know? guys you know going back to tom delong do we believe that he actually because he's been talking about how he has contacts in the military he's working with people in his academy that are actually legit <laughs> It seems like he at least has some contacts, right? It's like Moby. Didn't Moby say he had friends in the FBI? They didn't help him out when he got cancelled, though, <laughs> did they? Guys, how do you feel about Ja Rule? What's the Tabby Rex verdict on Ja Rule? Ja, I don't care about Ja Rule. Why is Ja Rule? He's a goat. What are you talking about, bro, Is he? Man. Ja Rule? Ja Rule? Okay, the, the, the thing is, this is a problem, right? Ja Rule made the unfortunate decision to go up against 50 Cent at 50 Cent's high of power. Because yeah. before that, Ja Rule was like, hip-hop superstar you know what i'm saying yeah. like so big so great 50 destroyed his whole shit <laughs> like which is a shame but yeah. he, and then kanye recovered. destroyed him <laughs> circle of life kanye beat him did not destroy him you've ja asked uh, why should you care about ja rule oh that's a great question and i've, and I've got a good answer Segway king of ja rule has announced his plans to record new music videos for every song he's ever made oh sorry yeah, yeah. yeah. Across, all his records wow. as visual albums across a career spanning seven solo albums so there you go that's yeah, a good I way to wait. spend money all right yeah I can't wait. I'm no everything. does he realize no one is looking for this Hell, I'm, lo- I'm looking for this. What are you talking about? I can't wait. New Ja Rule, new visuals. New ja Rule. Who cares about ja, ja Rule, ja Rule but new videos, yeah. New Maybe visuals, if he gets bro. like Jennifer Lopez and Ashanti in them, but that was the only reason to watch Ja Rule videos 15 years ago. I don't want to watch them now. They were real sexy. He's also still saying that Firefest wasn't a bad idea. I think we can say that it was proven to be a bad idea. <laughs> I saw, <laughs> no, I saw no, his quotes on that. Yo, yeah, but yeah, Firefest yeah. wasn't a bad idea. It was a bad execution. Yeah. True. 
very true. It, yeah. In terms of ideas, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he said, yeah, he said the idea was good, said the marketing was good, and that is very true. Like people would not marketing have landed there. But hold on, it depends. Like, how bit? Like, what are you? What's your definition of an idea? Because if the idea is let's host a festival, then yeah, I mean that sounds like a good idea. But if the idea has to include how we're actually going to do it, then it was a bad idea. Well, no, I think like. In terms of even watch that documentary, like they kind of fucked up by having to change island last minute and yeah. everything, and like that's where it all started to fall apart. But that wasn't planned. But like a festival in this remote island, like people go to hideout now and do that exact same shit. And people are like it's dope. They want to do that for Americans, and people are like, it's good, yeah, it's fun, you know. Yeah. I mean, right. like this podcast is a great idea, but if we shut up and there was no microphones here. We'd be like, guys, yeah. bad execution. You know, yeah. I mean? don't <laughs> like, tell them what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, is it possible to condense this Wiley Ed Sheeran thing into a really quick news story? Yeah, because it's basically just an update. So Wiley hit out at Ed Sheeran for essentially piggybacking on Grime for a bit yeah. of clout. He's also been attacking Drake for doing similar. Ed Sheeran's actually come out with a statement to try and clear a few things up, um, as Ed said. He's released a note. I don't know if it was like a. This is usually the kind of stuff you, like, you release as an apology, isn't it? Like Drake style. Here's my note to talk about, like, why that story of Adidon cover is what it is. <laughs> um, he's he's kind of, very well handled. He's, he's clearing up. He's clearing up stuff um, about Wiley. Essentially, saying that I can't use anything that you've worked on, and there was stuff about like they've collaborated before mm-hmm. uh, in the past. Um, and Ed basically says, "Listen, I never." problem with that we just had issues over release dates and that's that but he kind of gives uh, like his honest take on his stance on grime and what it means to him um and he finishes by saying you know i have a deep love and respect for the scene and for you i look forward to godfather tree excited to hear it this is the last uh, i'll say on this so he's basically saying he's legit well, his he, credentials I, are legit right, okay, do we believe enough. him what do you guys think Ed Sheeran? i'm backing up the white boy bro yeah right. how how is wiley you'll call someone he has not one, but two features with a culture vulture. Because at what point did he become a yeah. culture vulture? And at what point were the on? features cool? <laughs> you know I think mean? that's when he stopped working with him. Yo. <laughs> like, and like, especially because Ed Sheeran from time, like he was rapping with an example back in the day. It's like, if there's someone who's like showing a love and interest with hip hop, it's He's Ed always Sheeran, been a love example, all that Yo, kind of stuff. Especially, so it can't just be like, oh, now that I have a problem with him, it's a culture vulture thing, bro. Like, And there's something inside me as well that knows that Wiley's 40 and, he start, and he's on doing Twitter beefs and that kind of thing. I'm like, Wiley, you're, you're such a legend. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't need to do this. Don't be calling people out like this on Twitter. Like, and we still remember, to them and talk you still to remember them. that song you did called Summertime, whatever, that like EDM, electro pop back. You'll <laughs> never erase that song, Wiley. I'll never forget that great song that I loved when I was 14 at Teenage Discos. I'll never forget it. And it was... Really I'm still wearing my Rolex. I think it's fair. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. That was the song. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say Ed Sheeran's like crimes against music are indiscriminate in terms of genre, right? It's just whatever he turns. Oh, he should be in will... the fucking hate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so... I'm, I'm gonna go bash Ed Sheeran with y'all. No, sorry. I'm, you know, I'm a cap for my man. I don't. Cap, I don't like cap. his, his right. mixtape albums. Oh, those right. Speaking of calling albums. people out, hit that musical sting. Attention, everyone. One, one. Shut up, Craig on Kanye. Yes, it's me talking yet again about Kanye West. Um, more specifically, Taylor Swift talking yet again about Kanye West. In a wide-ranging and lengthy interview with Rolling Stone magazine, Swift discussed events which led up to the infamous phone call between her and West, um, which the rapper's wife, Kim Kardashian, surreptitiously filmed subsequently shared on social media. She's lashed out at Kanye again, calling him Two-Face. She's talking about the kind of history behind their relationship and... 
Um, essentially, it amounts to what she's saying is Kanye being kind of um, quite nicey-nicey, them, you know, sorting things out, her being very magnanimous and saying, you know, I want his approval. Use really I've good words. Like yeah, thanks, man. I've, you know, I've been looking for his approval since I was a teenager and since he called me out. So, yeah, let's patch things up and then Kanye burning her again. And I don't know if I believe it. I can't believe it's still going on. <laughs> I, know. I just can't believe this is still going on. Weird it's, beef, right? It's it a weird beef. Go away. The best bit about this is that she's now comparing what happened to the Drake and Pusha T feud, which is cre- quite great, right? So she's wait, just wait. like, just look at Drake. Drake has had the exact same thing happen to him. Wait, wait, so if- wait, wait, wait. So in her head, Drake is a victim and not Drake and Pusha T beef. Yes, 100%. Oh, she's cracked. She's cracked. I don't want to hear from her, bro. Like, the, the Kanye stuff and, like, there are legitimate criticisms of like, of, like, sexism and, like, listen, that famous video, weird, weird thing to do. Yeah. Like, not to say that she's perfect, but if you think Drake is a is an innocent party and that beef, then stop talking. Let me say something. Let me say something now. She loves this beef. You know why? She's a pop artist who gets to participate in hip-hop beef and it's her most interesting and ga- most, one of the most interesting things about her most recent, like her last album. Like, that was the selling point. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. for Kanye, it was like, yeah, I'm doing other stuff. This is my album. For her, it's like, I'm building an album around this because her beef with Katy Perry, don't give a fuck. It's boring. Yeah. You gotta participate in hip-hop beef and a part of you loves it. I don't blame you. It's very interesting. People like to write about it and talk about it, man. But like, listen, even in the, in the Kanye Taylor thing, I think they're both in the wrong. I think Kanye is more so in the wrong. I would say that to her, but like, definitely Drake's also in the wrong. I don't even know why you're stupid. So Pusha T wins here, basically. He's, Pusha T Pusha T spanked Drake. I don't know why anyone would ever want to Spank. even talk <laughs> in negative of Pusha Thanos before he rolls up with his gauntlet and be like, yo, what you say? Nah, never. Does that sound... All right, uh, <laughs> we'll move into songs of the week and uh, an experiment this week. Only half the table has heard the songs, so let's just dive right in. I like in. the titles. <laughs> this first one is uh, a superstar team up, Craig. It's Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, and Lana Del Rey. Actually, hard, Tell me it was good. Tell me it was Actually, good. Hard, Please, bro. all right, let, let's just play it. Yeah. So, it's called Don't Call Me. It's taken from the Charlie's Angels reboot. Uh, Charlie's Angels, guys. How do you feel about Charlie's Angels? So, here's the problem, though, because you do, like, a fake we played it, but you edited it in, so now people expect Shh, us to know. What are you doing, man? Listen to that one, though. Microphone's on. The magic of post-production podcasting, guys. Charlie's Angels. Never saw it. Didn't see any of the remakes. Uh, I like Lucy Liu. Yeah, that's fair. That's about it. Good actor. Yo, anything Kristen Stewart is in, I'm cool. I'm in it. I'm ready. We can let you guys know right now this is not a good song, not right? Good song, it's horrendous. Yeah. Oh, oh, but the lineup, guys. It's I don't know the lineup, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little thing. It's a little thing I like to call a cash grab. It's the most phoned in thing imaginable. It's nice. I guess it's more Ariana than the other two in terms of style, right? But it's very much cutting room floor of any of her recent projects. Miley adds a bit, doesn't really get her personality true. Lana turns up kind of belatedly to sigh over it and to do, do her, her Lana Del Rey impression and of Lana Del Rey. sound like she's very bored. 
bored and doesn't want to be there. Um, yeah, it's a it's a mishmash. It's a commercial thing. It's just to plug the movie. Yeah, it's no Independent Woman. That's part the two. thing. I mean, yeah, like, which was you, genuinely you, great song. If you compare and contrast, Destiny's Child, Independent Woman uh, was the kind of Charlie's Angels two thousand, uh, I guess, equivalent yeah. song, and that was an actual song. <laughs> it was, yeah. you know. Can I can I pose a question? You can do whatever yeah. you want, man. Um, in terms You're of the hosts, in terms of songs, <laughs> we are the hosts. <laughs> I'm posing a question. Okay. And um, in terms of songs for movies, what was the last one to you guys that was actually dope? Someone was created for a movie or created film. for a movie <clears throat> specifically. Yes. yes. It's kind of died off, hasn't it? I mean, like in terms of like unless the, you're talking about soundtrack work. Yeah, but the practice of like, like pop songs. Was Gangsters yeah. Paradise made specifically for Dangerous Minds. I don't think so. I would say Sunflower, Post Malone. Yes. Oh, right in my head. You know, in terms of those blockbusters, that's obviously right. you've got uh, Chad Kroger and Josie Scott's hero from Spider Man. <laughs> 2002 <laughs> oh no yeah. you got a Seal's Kiss from Rose that entire soundtrack is incredible you two I've said this a million times you two's Hold Me Throw Me Kiss Me Kill Me is their best song so there you go it's a great song Seal Kiss from Rose but no God it, damn it, I remember growing up and like on the fucking music channels you would inevitably have songs from movies and yeah you know, like interspersed with clips from the movies, that has just kind of died off. Like, like it's yeah. not what it was. The Black Panther soundtrack, I loved, right? It's great, oh. but it's not. They're not really featured in the films. I they're suppose. barely yeah. used. Barely, in the movies, barely, yeah. Barely. I was very disappointed. It's more by inspired the by, by like sometimes yeah. when they use like the titles and the characters' names and songs and stuff. Yes. It makes me. It really makes me turn inside myself. Like yeah. to hear. Have you seen the film Venom? And the M M M song, Venom, Venom, Venom. Oh, like, really? Is that? Fam, you have a whole album with Greek fucking gods <laughs> stuffed in I there. I don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hypocrite. <laughs> Sorry, can I have your uh, your M M Venom impression again, please? Venom, Venom, Venom. It's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, yeah, good question. We could probably do a whole episode on it. Maybe we will. But yeah. for now, we'll move on with uh, Perfume Genius. He's back with Eye in the Wall. Perfume goes. Perfume. I'm a child. I'm baby. I don't have a favorite perfume. Who's your favorite genius? <laughs> oh, I'm my favorite genius. I'm, I'm, I'm quite partial to Donald Glover. <laughs> I was going to go with Einstein or Tesla, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Tesla, like, Jean Paul Gaultier is my favorite perfume. What? So That's some genius. Else. Now roll the song. <laughs> the song's already been rolled. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I'll do it the next time. The song, know. by the way, was nine minutes long. So, um, very <laughs> experimental. Very <laughs> yeah. Play yeah. Freebird. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Mike Hadrius, who's been switching it up quite a lot on every release, I wasn't expecting this from him, though. Nine minute kind of odyssey that starts with like kind of um horror movie synths and then has some like tarantino surf guitar and it goes into arthur russell indie but post disco bass lines it's very very good i thought yeah, it was great really missed out yeah it's a yeah really, really good song. I, I thought it, i really liked the way that when it came to like the sonic palette of it it felt <laughs> very rich <laughs> 
You're lying to the listeners, and it's horrible. He's kind of getting away with it, though. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I could waffle. I've done enough music reviews where if we had not said this, I could waffle with you guys. Try on the third song when we get oh, there. Okay, so. this is what we'll do. I'm going to try on the third song. I'm going to go to the Jackson. <laughs> What do you think of it, Dave? You it's good, it? yeah. Like it's it's trippy, it's experimental. It wasn't what I was expecting it's either. One of those ones that m- will probably make more sense yeah. in an album. It was kind of like it's a long song as well, and like I, I was trying to watch Succession. You watched that show? Yeah. Have you watched it? Yeah, it's good. It's the show of the moment. Have you guys watched Succession? Yeah. No. Check out Succession. I'm watching. Is it, is it on Netflix? No, it's on HBO. You got to illegally stream it, which oh, I definitely wouldn't do. You actually watch the boys. Sorry, I've been telling everyone. Boys, yeah, I've seen the boys. Oh, great, right? It's very good, but it's also like, could you recommend it? Like it's nasty as fuck. It's very mean spirited. Yeah. Very well done though is yeah. the thing yeah. very mean spirited but like Succession's also very mean spirited but, but I think it's, I think it's very fucking honest like why why on earth if, and everyone else with power is dicks but heroes are great why what sense does that make you know yeah. what I'm saying like you, I'm trying to get Matt to watch it only 8 episodes the can boys. we watch episodes today, tonight we have no method of streaming in my new apartment you have a top lap well not my we're not doing that my work one okay what are we doing at yours then are we just, are we just gonna be there in the dark just like sitting there we got internet today Okay. So, but like we have an Xbox, so we'll be watching Netflix. Me and Sorry. you. It's okay, guys. Mandy Moore is back <laughs> after a long hiatus. Um, this is when I wasn't watching. <laughs> Your thoughts on this one, Max? <laughs> you guys go first. I'll come. I'll come around. So yeah. Um, uh, first of all, very, cue the song. Very, very, <laughs> we've already Colored played the song. Very, very like a uh, nice. Things are getting physical in the studio. <laughs> yeah, thinly veiled. I have a new apartment brag there, but yeah, that was yeah, very yeah. good. I liked it. That's yeah. right. So yes, uh, Manny Moore's first song in forever. Obviously coming off the back of all the Ryan Adams stuff. Yeah. So um, you know when she talked about obviously married to Ryan Adams for I think about five years um, five wonderful years yeah I came out recently said that he was emotionally manipulative and just not a good dude for the duration of uh, the marriage that included kind of being quite manipulative in terms of her career decisions and her music making and basically said hey you don't even play guitar you're not a musician Um, so she's had a rough time of it Um, this is like her big comeback she's had some success in acting right I I believe like she's kind of flourished in that kind of respect she's managed to find a way She's on, she's on that TV show This Is Us is that yeah yeah um, obviously she kind of came to prominence as a pretty kind of standard bubblegum chart bubblegum yeah, pop 2000 artist kind of like, basically like you had Britney Spears you had Christina Aguilera and then you had like let's, let's have a Jessica Simpson let's have a Mandy Moore yeah. and she had it was going somewhere and then it yeah just like prior to her relationship with Ryan Adams she'd been going more uh, the indie route um, kind of flecked with country leanings um, so this would be very in keeping with where she left off Definitely, nearly a decade yeah. ago Yeah, and it's quite nice I didn't love the chorus it felt a bit by numbers it's but grand it's, yeah. it's like it's one of the things where like the sentimentality of her kind of being back on her feet wins you over but if you want to yeah. get totally critical about it it's a bit Cheryl Crow by numbers but I think Max that, has some that's thoughts. it because yeah. I feel like it's the kind of thing where outside of the context of like what she's been through it, it falls a bit flat but then when you know with the experience I think the vocal performance really kind of carries it there I think there's a certain amount of impact based on knowing the full scale of what happened which I think is, is a lot for a lot of artists where like they'll have very like it wouldn't be anything amazing, but it's like in terms of the performance that sells that to you. Not in terms of writing your song structure, but I think in terms of performance, 
it's it makes it a lot more digestible. What did you think of me. the Run DMC feature? It's a little bit tacked on, uh, and also <laughs> not unexpected. There. Yeah. <laughs> You're a villain. I was killing <laughs> <You're> a criminal. <laughs> I I hate you, cut how well cut, you cut through all the nonsense of actually listening to the music to get to the core of what the song's about. Well, and I really like that. It's refreshing. Insane. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a new way of reviewing music. Yeah, yeah I respect it. it. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's get a little bit more analytical for the album <laughs> that, uh, the, of this week, which I know you guys have listened to. Yes. Uh, big one. It's been teased all year for quite some time. It's Charlie XCX. It's called Charlie. Let's take a listen. was Next Level Charlie of Charlie which is the third studio album from Charlie XCX I think for some time there was talk that this was her official debut or something but that's not true of course is it Craig? Uh, no it is not true I believe yeah well certainly her first album in like five years but we've been getting stuff um, fairly consistently for a number of years now so Charlie XCX is um, she came in at number 95 I believe on that Guardian best albums of the 21st century list we were chatting about earlier Um with her last, I guess, mixtape, so it shouldn't be on an album's list whatsoever. Pop two. Um, Yo, but, what's the mixtape? What's the album? Okay. <laughs> um, so the difference between a mixtape and an album is Dave. <laughs> Why don't you guys tell us? Because well, I, I, I think know, actually I, traditionally I, isn't a mixtape something that is co- put out completely for free and there's no price in it, right? Yeah, like that albums, was, that like was in a, stores. I think a, people like, have put different criteria over it as well. Yeah. I think in Ireland, in our terms, we do it by time as well. If you don't hit a certain time limit, no, 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 no that's, that's an EP. A mixtape and EP are necessarily the same thing. Uh, and then you have a playlist because because <laughs> yeah, it's like mixtape EP playlist album because EP was traditionally shorter right it was shorter by nature mm. and mixtape can be up to two hours but it's about it being a non-commercial essentially yeah that's my understanding of it anyway I always thought like a mixtape oh, actually no that's totally incorrect yeah. Okay, cool. I'm learning today. Good stuff. Do you know what it comes down? It usually comes down to in this segment of the podcast, we don't talk about mixtapes. We talk about albums. That's true. <laughs> albums from Charlie XEX. Album of the week. Right. Um, well, this who, is extremely commercial. Obviously, there's a ton of features on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so background, Craig. She kind of uh, like uh, industry plant. I don't know. Um, well, she's originally <laughs> from Essex. Um, she was originally a MySpace artist. She's kind of been releasing stuff uh, in one form or another for about a decade now. Uh, she emerged kind of on the London scene, the turn of the decade. Um, and was kind of kind of like a Jay Paul in the sense that there was a cultish following around her straight away. Um, she had a kind of independent spirit to things, but also a deep love for pop music. Um, her kind of pop credentials really came to the fore when she did I Love It for Iconopop. Um, and that gave her her ticket to LA, I guess, in about 2013. Um, so she's had this kind of dual um, career of writing big hits for other people and trying to establish herself as a big star. Um, her first, her, her debut album didn't quite manage it. Um, she wrote other bits and bobs for other artists that d- did kind of push her over the top. 
uh, in terms of writing credentials but it was probably around 2015 when she hooked up with PC Music um, in London and that kind of production team um, that she solidified her identity I guess so she's been working with um, PC Music and AG Cook who fronts them up for a number of years now and um, she's been kind of uh, their muse to an extent and also someone who is really pushing the writing forward in terms of combining the avant-garde sounds of what they're doing with pop music um and it feels like our conversation around her has been yeah this is great uh, this is we're really digging it but there's so much potential here when is she going to properly cross over as the star we know she can be um so her previous kind of couple of releases you know if she kept doing that kind of thing that would be great but i think with this we're waiting for her to have her big moment in the spotlight right that's probably fair yeah. i think also it's for a long time there's been so much kind of hype and where's the album where's the album I wouldn't discount Pop 2 as anything other than an album and a great one and yeah number one angel it's got, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah do you know what I mean I like she's been releasing that, yeah. long, you know long projects that have been very accomplished and yet I think this is uh, this is the one that will likely make her that star but I think yeah. creatively it's her undoing I thought it was a fucking mess and I didn't like it at all Craig well <laughs> at, at all is unfair it's oh, very I'm messy I'm so afraid to come it's on here and be the cynical <laughs> negative one thank god I'm not oh god I did not enjoy this and I, I tried so hard to enjoy yo, it yo let me let me add a disclaimer real quick because as artists right when you're talking about an artist project it's I need to clarify something first first of all <laughs> Charlie Excess is, is far more successful than we are by a landslide. Different universes, different worlds, off the cuff. Secondly, she's far more talented than we are. <laughs> I also I, I, I also want to clarify that. Thirdly, she's a lot better looking than we are. Mm-hmm. Now, with that all said, it's not very good. It's not bad. It's not, it's just not very good. Have you guys heard of Sophie? Yeah. Yes. It feels like... So, it, like, cause I, once again, I don't think like she's buying off Sophie or something, but I think she pushed the envelope enough where it's like, ah, I see that you're pushing the envelope in terms of pop and synth, but then it's like, when well, you hear something like Sophie who just really goes for it with her re- most recent project, um, I was listening to that Sophie project like, oh, I'm kind of terrified and confused, but I was really, really interested in what was going mm-hmm. on. And with Charlie XCX album, I felt like, yo, everything here just sounds solid, like, there was no like blow out track where I was like, "Wow, I felt yeah. that. I felt something." It all just sounded didn't bore solid. Me. Didn't excite me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo. Same, same vibe. I think yeah, it was very hard push on the, on just getting this pop synth sound. There was one song where they really tried to push the envelope, and I nearly had to take my my headphones off. Was it, was it towards was the end the of the song? With, like, it just started crashing with a uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, click yeah. is it? Where it kind of culminates big, in big this problem with click, right? A cast <laughs> just doesn't go click. It goes kaching, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she was using the word click as a substitute for many other things. Probably, yeah. yeah. There are times when, even early on, this album goes on these messy, meandering, autotune, heavy wanderings into nowhere, and I was just like, nah, it's not working, is it? And then, like, you know, even the straight-up kind of pop bangers, they're good, she's done better. I mean, like, obviously, like, you take Blame It On Your Love, which uh, her vocal dexterity on that is fantastic. Like, Mm. she's running ahead of the beat quite brilliantly, and then you get this horrendous Lizzo verse that doesn't need to be there. Nah, 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 now we go scrap. (laughs) You like the Lizzo verse? The Lizzo verse was the best thing about that fucking song, bro. Because at a certain point... I, I, and the thing is, this is the thing. I'm listening to this in work. I'm doing very little work. I'm, I'm giving this attention it deserves. And <laughs> thank you. And the the songs at a certain point start to like mesh together and blend together yeah. in a way that they're not distinctive from each other. And I feel like someone commented that like this has hip hop feature levels because there's so many features. It need that because the monotony of what she was doing was starting to get to me. I'm like, yo, do something different. Because I see uh, in terms of an album, in terms of pop. 
it is a structure itself is something different. But song from song, do something different. Mix it up, shake it up. And that Lizzo verse woke me up, you know? I feel like from Lizzo, that was pretty low standard. Low caliber. That's right. the thing. And also, this is a reheat of a Charlie XCX track that didn't have a feature on it previously. That was perfectly fine as it was. And then you're getting, yeah. you're getting like Lizzo doing kind of like what a big star on a feature where they're doing just enough does and it's mm. grand and they're there and yeah they've got a presence but generally not really I like a lot of features in that album did this yeah, yeah. I, I think so I, I, it's so it was, it's, it was it's, interesting it's dragged down by the features it was interesting Charlie talking about that oh, Lizzo feature it. and the track itself because apparently this version of it just kind of without the Lizzo feature was done prior to track 10 which we got previously and she felt like rather than this being a kind of additional version, this is what it was always supposed to be. And she was like, oh, it didn't click for me until Lizzo did her thing, which I was kind of baffled by. Because, yeah, when that single trailed the album, I was quite concerned. Um, I don't think Lizzo works on it whatsoever because I don't think she fits in with the vibe of what's going on lyrically or tonally. Um, And also... you know, she's she's great in different contexts, but I, I didn't f- feel like this w- worked whatsoever. It felt like your standard hip-hop feature. Do you know what I mean? Um, give me... Yo, give me your... <laughs> in the album that is meandering and, like, at certain points, just a little bit boring, give me your standard hip-hop feature. I, I feel like this... You know what? Honestly, and this is, like, as a musician who, like, loves being experimental, loves... Art, artistic creatives with everything I feel like this album would benefit it from her being like I'm just gonna place a little more of this in baseline tropes and and, and baseline like like practices in pop music like so I think their elements are great but then you're pushing the envelope to a point where it's like it's not necessarily brand new you're not reinventing the wheel and it's it's that kind of middle ground I feel like there, like for me as well. Like I really liked, I liked songs like February with Claro and stuff like that. And that was quite dope. And I thought that back and forth was like nice, and it felt different. Um, so I don't know. Like I don't think it was Lizzo's best verse. I don't think it was a bad verse, but I think it could it benefited from having like benefit from having that in there, have that element in there. Because for me, I was like, yo, this is all draining together. I think yeah, I think I would definitely have had Lizzo on that track, but I just wish she did more on it. I think oh, there's so many of these tracks that just all blended. It was like, okay, let's do a pop synth track that's a love song, and now a sad song. And they were happy. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is that, that it's that very kind of um, PC music aesthetic, right? Mm. So people have talked about how they preferred prior to her hooking up with those guys because she was doing stuff that was more rooted in R&B and kind of warmer sounds and textures, mm. whereas this can, can feel a bit cold at times and experimental for the sake of it. But yeah, you, you kind of talk about those features being something of a compromise in her trying to, you know, hit the mainstream. And that was my concern with this record. Is it going to be a compromise? Is it going to be her trying to hit those kind of Sophie yeah. heights of experimenting, but also giving you the kind of standard radio play songs? They're very and radio friendly. I, I think there is a lot of instances here where it yeah. is a compromise. I could hear a lot of these on the radio, man. Yeah. That, that I mean, very clean synth pop. The vocal performance is great and the production on her vocals is great in the most part. But yeah, I think it's a so yeah, maybe very I'm wrong, but like I think also I think there are spots in this like album where I was like, hey, that 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 for me was great. Like the song uh, 90, 99, I was like, because like it was it was very mm. okay for not to like, not to sound dismissive and like once again we're all for do song about this woman's album, but whatever, fuck it. And it sounded it was very cute. It's like hey, here's a lot of references in nineteen ninety nine. Let's ourselves in that kind of nostalgia. When I'm she like, was seven years old, yeah, but there's something weird going on with that track because yeah, it's really well written. Uh, you can imagine it on the radio, but it's such a kind of like they tap into that kind of late nineties Euro 
dance euro disco sound so well that it's almost like this uncanny valley thing and it's quite there's a kind of melancholy to it where it's just like like on the pre-course she's kind of just been like being like oh yeah such good memories and you're like really like it feels weirdly <laughs> satirical to me yeah. i think there's a lot well, of kind well, of subversive stuff seven? going on she's seven yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Dope, i think she's taken seven, the pace for that <laughs> she probably is it's yeah. kind of like that Anne marie track 2002 i think she was like yeah. eight or nine and she's talking about like making out with some guy in the hood of a car and i'm like what <laughs> i but, actually but charlie yeah has a more serrated edge it, it, to it. It, it's it's playful though i think i like yeah. i think i think there's That's mom- a good tune i think there's yeah. moments where like a little bit of levity and nothing yourself too seriously is nice. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that that was like cute, fun pop. We talked last week on the show about Post Malone, and we said, "Hey, Post Malone is a hook machine. Yeah. Charlie XCX is also a hook machine. She has been for a very long time." And I just—the the weird thing about this record is to me, and the, the thing I kept coming back to is that it's not essential. These songs aren't essential. This is not vital. Charlie XCX for a long time, I think, has been skewing in that direction. And a lot of what she's been doing has been extremely arresting and very compelling and very intriguing and clearly hyper influential on artists that have yet to even kind of rise up but with this one I was just like it's just Charlie XX by Yo, that, I find that's an unfair thing to put on them because name me five artists right now who are vital whose music and the project is vital because I, I only have three in my head name me five you name your three alright so I'm going to say Kendrick okay going to say Jay-Z what? Jay-Z Jay-Z don't Jay-Z. get Craig going is it 1999? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. <laughs> Jay-Z Jay-Z man you told me that his last album 444 did not talk about Everything that was appointed to black people in America that, that time. That is an amazing album, Craig. Everything. That's a, that's a, it's a perfect to album. Craig has a, Craig, Craig has a real more. Jay-Z bee in his bonnet. Uh, I love Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Perfect album. <laughs> Dude, I, I would say, and this is maybe because I'm too fucking young, I think 444 is Jay-Z, one of Jay-Z's top two albums. Yo, I'm, I'm putting it right up there with one of his best fucking work. And you know why? It was... This isn't a Jay-Z conversation. I said again, no, no, no. To, you started let, let's Well, the No <laughs> ID beats it. are insane. And I think yeah. he handles, yeah, as you say, that kind of what his place in the world means for the wider culture really well. Yeah, so it was a total return to form. But I don't think Jay-Z is, like, one of the most vital... Who's the third? Who's the third? Yeah, sir. <laughs> for, okay, so... You said Kendrick, Jay-Z. I, I, listen, I don't want no pushback from this, right? I don't want no pushback from this. Ariana Grande, man, she's important. We, regardless of, like, whatever reasons, like, I don't even, like, love her music like that. She's just important. She's an important cultural figure. You know I'm saying? You on that. Especially yeah, I, for I, women, bro. Especially agree. for women. Like, you know, like, so even some of my points to Jay Z, even outside, let's say, the public, Jay Z is important to rappers. Rappers are important to the public. If people, if rappers are listening to what Jay Z is saying and then we're listening to rappers, it's the same thing. Sure. It's the exact same. It's like, it's the exact same trickle down influence. Like, Jay Z's basically influencing Meek Mills. Meek Mills' most recent album, mostly Jay Z influence. And then we're all like, Oh, Meat Mills album, blah blah blah. It's like it's all trickle down effect, you know. I'm not going to give you five because I don't want to get derailed too much. <laughs> you couldn't even <laughs> oh, give me. I'll give you. I'll give you Frank Ocean, and yeah, then we'll get course, back Frank. now to Charlie XCX. But get the fuck out. Frank Ocean is what? Yeah, Charlie XCX. Yeah. Charlie XCX. Yeah. Charlie XCX. Uh, <laughs> <Charlie laughs> <X-X, laughs> who, whose album we're here to review? I think. I think. Will I stand up for this album because I really liked it? Okay, yeah, I definitely had those concerns. I think there is definitely points of compromise. I don't think her best ever pop songs are on this, and there's stuff like I don't want to know, which is Charlie by numbers um as we said blame it on your love i just think doesn't work in this guise but like there's plenty of examples of her showing some restraint and really good songwriting like the likes of official where it's just a masterclass in songwriting coupled with kind of subtle production and just nice great, touches great song, and great great song. Be well. nice yeah, i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep it funky the last four songs for me it was like my favorite part of the album, my yeah. favorite section of the album. And just yeah, like that brace of official into Shake It, which is just her kind of really bending with kind of pop tropes and 
getting a bit ragged and mm. just the way it becomes a kind of free-for-all big freedia is incredible on it cupcake's great on it it's Disjoined just this it. absolute jam cupcake comes in with the whispery bars i fucking love the last four songs and there's yeah. moments you know we talked about danny brown recently in terms of writing a beat and how his voice can kind of do things on beats that seem like untamable i feel the same about charlie xcx i feel like she is an important pop voice because she can marry those abrasive things and still give us the post malone tier melodies that might get on the radio so a song like shake it or even click which reminds me of kind of like missy elliott turn of the century stuff in terms of it's pushing the envelope i don't see too many people that are also writing kind of hits for Iggy Azalea, taking those kind of risks on the album that's supposed to be the kind of so the mainstream move. Here's the problem. Here's yeah. what here's what we're not tackling right because like the the thing with this album that on paper and in theory, amazing. No one's even disagreeing about that. It's like it's experimental pop, pushing the envelope. It has synth elements there. It has a lot of good features. Name me a song on this album where you felt something. I mean, really felt something. Just name me one song. Thoughts really worked for me. Because, oh, God, that's the one that... No, like, I, thought it was gr- I like... thought it was great because it's a real kind of her sheer force of personality thing. Because it's essentially like a dirge, right? It's all these like... Um, What's a dirge? Sorry. I'm so it's like, it's a very... It's in one key. It's in one chord. It's kind of not quite plodding, but there's no real, you know, rhythmic force to it. But I think it's powerful because she does these kind of things with... Um, rising kind of synth trails um, and she just kind of rides on top of it and gets really personal and emotional in an offhand way that just comes effortlessly to her so I thought that was a really really good kind of open moment that even I think the likes of Ariana don't often attempt okay. what about you? No, that's that's my critique. You've nailed it for me as well because like, I didn't feel anything from yeah. this. Even mm-hmm. like okay, so for like I think like the Try. open track is good opener. Gone is a great pop tune, but I didn't feel anything from it. The more I hear, the, the less I kind of like it. And like even like like I say, those moments of dexterity on something like "Blaming All Your Love," where she is basically showing off. I was just like, yeah, cool. Like, like this is Cross well. You out's brilliant with Sky Ferrer. Is it as well, right? And I look, yeah, I think it, it's great. I didn't that get fade any, out is very well remember, structured. Again, not to bring it back to just to post my own like for like here, but like we did just review it. It is also an album that's in the conversation at the moment. But once again, I was like, can totally admire the structures, the construction, the hooks, the production, the choices, the writing. But I felt absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. very, very. Little. I, I like White Mercedes. I'm gonna throw it out there. I like the production on it. I like the, like the intro. That was that kind of again. She went for that kind of staccato beat. Brought me in, eased me in, um, some light use of metaphors. It was a nice song, it was a simple song. I think that was one of the ones, because it was so kind of simple the way she put it through, that was the one that stuck with me. Because yeah. um, some of them just blended Boys, and were messy. listen to how we're talking about this album. We're talking about it in maths. I said, tell me a song that made you feel something. You gave me the, like, the musical breakdown of what was done. You didn't tell me what you felt. You just told me why it was a good, impressive song. No one, like, we're talking about this like robots. And like, Oh man, like this really hit me here. This line really hit me here. Have Tell- you listened to the podcast before? <laughs> Whoa. No, no, no. But like, that's that's my point though. Tell me something in this album that made you feel something. Tell me about those emotions. That's why I want to hear about. Because at the end of the day, for me to be outside of being the realm of like a good solid album, to be a great album, I need to be like this one song. This is what it felt like to me to listen to. Outside of like why, in terms of song structure and the more mechanical elements of music writing, why it was good. But it also enlisted and made made me feel like this. I, I need you, yeah. to hear that one thing from you to convince me here. I just feel like she's very good at conveying where she's at emotionally, and like she can take a subject like moving to LA and getting like trapped in the mechanics of the industry and actually make it feel somewhat relatable. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I think she is good at 
Like she does have mastery of kind of song craft and stuff, but I feel like it doesn't seem like box ticking or cliche for me. No, That's no, just, no, definitely I agree with that. Yeah. But it's a six. It's a six? six. It's a six. It's a six. I think it's a five. Oh, you're not giving it. Harsh boys. Ooh, you harsh. harsh boys. I will, come Positive on, let's, go, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I would give this an eight. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah. I think that because the moments that I was l- less than impressed with kind of got smaller and smaller the more I listened to it. And those kind of standout points... I think hang together really well. I don't. I still think she's got a way to go in terms of like world building. It doesn't. There's no really through line or a narrative or something that kind of makes you go, "Oh, I'm sinking into this new universe." But I think there's big moments here that are pretty vital. And I think her with this production team do have like an all timer pop album in them. This isn't it, but it's an A for me. Um, this point of reference. What do you give four four four? Uh, I think I gave that a 7.5. I, I thought it was like a real return to form and I, I oh, okay. love No Idea. Well, didn't we, I give it a 7 we, we, or 7.5? We'll this then. <laughs> I haven't banked everyone's scores. I don't know. <laughs> you definitely like came round to it for sure. I yeah. hope these Jay-Z fans will see you on the streets, Craig. I'm telling you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> this episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray, in the other listening corner. Guys, apart from your own record, what else have you been listening to lately, Matt? Oh, jeez, uh, off, off kilter. Uh, <laughs> what have I been listening to? Go, go to yourself. I'm gonna go to my recently played and come back to yeah, this. Yeah, bet, man. Um, you know, everyone knows British rap is on a uh, tour de force right now. So, like the new Stormzy record, man, Wiley flows. I know Wiley's in some beef right now with Drake. <laughs> you know, Stormzy's made to all that kind of stuff. It's a bit of a complicated situation, but his last record sound from the Skang. I was like, I don't really, uh, whatever. But uh, Wiley flows. I felt that, and then the oh, new, yeah. uh, the new day, Professor X. It's funny, right? I feel like this. Is, I was like, we were listening to this in car the other day on the way to interview, and it was like, um, yo, grime rappers say the nastiest fucking Nasty. shit. Nasty. But the difference between them and American rappers, is that American rappers like sit in it. It's like when they say something nasty, it's like that's a point in the song where you want people like ah, quote that line, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, but grime rappers say something nasty. Dave, you literally and they'll keep on going as if like that's normal. Like he's like come trickling down her chin I like listen to Professor X by Dave and I'm just like this. read the lyrics while he's doing a song you're like you're, one of those songs you pause and you're, you're like oh. you're, Jesus <laughs> Christ man I'm like this is vulgar but great but great but very vulgar Yeah, I've been all over um, Brockhampton's latest release oh yeah um, I've been really stuck in the Brockhampton the last few months anyway so the, the release is at a perfect time for me um, like I think that song Sugar is an absolute I think it's my favourite song at the moment I think it's an absolute banger I think it's beautiful um, Boy Bye Ginger there's a lot of good tracks after that Big Boy I'm a Big, big boy, boy Now I'm a Big Boy Now <laughs> no. uh, Big Boy I think it's a really good album to, be, to show where they're at right now as well um, I think especially after Amir Van's gone all that kind of stuff all the, all the he dropped a new album as well apparently I heard, yeah I need to hear, listen to that it's mad I ain't gonna listen to it um, <laughs> yo man oh, I wanna be filled in um, yeah so I think of where they're at as a band right now I, think, I don't think it's the music that, they, that the fans wanted to hear in the, in the most cases, fuck the, the fans, bro. These guys they made what they wanted. That's great. Like uh, it. On the topic of sitting in the nastiness, Danny Brown. Oh my god, the next song that's dropped from that four coming album is amazing. Best it. Life. It's, good, yeah. it's so good. It's Q-Tip production for the entire Ooh. album. Q-Tip is so underrated as a producer, I feel like, but it's just I'm so excited about the new Danny Brown Did album. Did you fuck with the last release? Because the last record I was like Atro- yeah. Atrocity Exhibition, yeah. No, 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 sorry, the last record from this new album. Atrocity Exhibition was great. Oh, sorry, Dirty Laundry. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. Like, yeah I you really? it was great. Yeah, oh, it was such word. good storytelling. Like, it's just him like documenting all these really super nasty encounters in a really great way. And the beat's fantastic. Um, and the Pixies released a good album 
I've heard the, I haven't heard yeah. the album yet, but everyone's saying <laughs> I've it's given actually, it like two run throughs, and it's great. Yeah. Like it's not as good as the classic stuff, but better than all of the other new stuff. That's so, great yeah. to hear. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. to get to Very it. Good. I haven't gotten to that, but I have got to Arcade Fire's funeral, which turned fifteen years of age this Finally week. Finally, you got to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard it before. Great, quite <laughs> okay, a bit. Sorry. I went back to it. Yeah, Arcade Fire, a band that have you know become a parody of themselves. You go back to this record came out fifteen years ago. It's fucking amazing. What a shock! It's so good. Like yeah. it's just, you're like, Madness. how is like this a different the same band? band? Have they like was it soured whatsoever by? what came after the Not context really. of do you I think I mean? great work is great work yeah you know? and it so. is phenomenal some of the tracks are so adventurous and different and very you know uh, they were vital at the time not anymore and also went back to Blink-182 off the back of Tom DeLonge's <laughs> Alienisms <laughs> and uh, a band that I would have adored when I was a teenager so it's fun Proper. to kind of go back there a bit I maintain that Blink-182 have got a big handful of actually brilliant songs they're great they're also better than great. Green Day yeah. I would say they're silly they're juvenile and they're questionable at times and some of the lyrics are like nah. but like you know it was a different time yeah, it was well, a different what time. do you make of that Green Day comeback Yo, to let, let's, let's, yeah it was a different time man I mean like context is context you know what I'm saying it's like but they're dope they're dope to kiss emo girls too man like you still gotta put on that Blink-182 if you're doing that yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> they are so, yeah. super fun to go back to on, on the Green Day comeback the we, cash we discussed it and yeah total cash grab it's yeah. weird that they're on a bill with Fall Out Boy and Weezer considering they seem to be positioning themselves as like the big important American rock, rock voice do you know what I mean no, and like not. yeah so Blink 102 all the way do you have a kissing playlist I feel like you probably do yeah, so basically I have a playlist that's like um, fuck me or kill me to this because it's like oh, yeah. it's either a sex playlist or I'm very sad and I'm listening to this it's just playlist. all Nine Inch Nails is it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a weird it's a weird mix that's now though, man. Yeah. it's a weird mix you have like TV girl who are like is you would really enjoy TV Girl as well. You guys will all enjoy TV Girl. Very experimental, very underrated. And, like, they're real nice. But TV Girl is funny because, like, it's all, like, it's kind of really, like, upbeat music. Mm. Um, and the lyrics are, like, quite sad. And it's, like, this is, like, a one-night stand type thing. So I imagine, like, if I'm having sex, it's, like, you know, that kind of shtick where it's, like, this is fun, but also it's kind of sad when you think about it, when you really think about it. <laughs> Alright, okay. I'm going to have to get that playlist off you. Uh, yes, so, one, <laughs> one song that I presume isn't on there <laughs> is a Tevi Rex song. No, God, no, Jesus. Which will play us out this week because a reminder, of course, that your album is out as yes. of this podcast ah, dropping. Yeah, Congratulations sure. again. Ah, yes. Very much. Only, only reason we hear. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Gang shit. God damn it. Okay, fine. I, I, I've been screwed over again. It's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this came out a little while ago. It's called I Never Get Off the Bus. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. It's yeah. a fucking belter. Thank you very and much. Thank the weather you, today is reflective of it because it's it's a it's a melancholic but summery kind of jam mm. it's really really good i like it a lot go listen to the entire album great for kissing emo girls <laughs> <laughs> i tell you tell you kissing anyone my name is david hanready this has been no encore there will be no encore this is tebby rex with a never got off the bus thank you for coming in and go check out the record bye thank you very much nice where's the wisdom where's the flight where you heading my best, that's a blessing. Doing my best, that's a nexus. Texting my ex like you get this. Tore down my defenses. Broke the walls, broke the fences. Open walls, open ending. Where's the sitting that poison? World is sitting on poison. We go crash in the morning. We just smash in the morning. Man, it's trash and I'm worse. Man, regards in the verse. We destroy what we love. We destroy, it's a curse.
Cats in my kitchen. I'm going back to work. I'm done mitching. I didn't mention. I don't know what you want from me or what you wanna see. But fuck my self image and heed my reply. Just lie on my side, ignore pain in my eyes. You might have come too soon, or I might just be on time. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.